ESPN. To ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Well, los amigos, it is another day. June 7th on this Tuesday. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation. You can also do so via social media. At ESPN Radio NOLA. Got a couple of guests lined up for you here today. We'll get to that now. Mr. Glenn Gilbo at 12.30. We'll talk LSU baseball as yesterday. Tigers go down one nothing and then pick up three in the first inning to go up 3-1. Trailed into that eighth inning and again more Tiger magic in the eighth. Lines the three one in the air to left field Get giving up, chase Ewing it yes. is gone. Gavin Dugas ties it up with one swing of the bat on a frozen rope to left. His fifth home run of the year, and the Tigers make it a seven seven ball game. Hey now, <laughs> how about that? So into the ninth they went. Southern Miss though gets the sacrifice fly to go up one run, and then the final. Got to try to put the ball in play here. Thompson got to find a way to get aboard. Tyler McManus on the on-deck circle to give him a chance. One ball, two strikes. Stewart fires. Swing and a miss. And Southern Miss moving on. Tigers fall 8-7. to seven. LSU season comes to an end here in Hattiesburg. 40 and 22, their overall mark. Tigers, 9 and 1 coming in to needed game sevens in regional play, and now will fall to 9 and 2. All done here in Hattiesburg. Southern Miss moving to the Super Regionals with an 8 7 win. Over the LSU Fighting Tigers. Back after this. And that is Chris Blair on the LSU Sports Radio Network. And again, we've been talking to him throughout, of course, the football, basketball, and baseball season about this team. Looking forward to hearing from you Tiger fans about what you thought about the Tiger season this year. Obviously, it was an interesting evening over at my house. I'm a Southern Miss grad. I'm happy. Also, I would have liked and wished that LSU was in a different regional because I would love and obviously like the Tigers to keep playing on as well as the other Louisiana schools. You know how I feel about it. Uh, I'd love to see them go as far as they can in this state. Uh, and now we have none left in the states that are still currently playing in the Super Regionals. Your Super Regionals, Tennessee, will take on Notre Dame as the one seed overall. Number two seed, Stanford needed three runs in the bottom of the ninth to beat um, Texas State out of the Sun Belt. By the way, the Sun Belt next season will have Southern Miss and UL. The Cajuns in the regional this year as well. So the Sun Belt's going to be a pretty fun conference to look at next year. Joey, your UConn Huskies are in a super regional. That's outstanding. I mean, <laughs> haven't been to Stores, Connecticut several times with Tulane women's basketball to, you know, face Geno and them. I, I, I'm shocked they find time to play 
baseball. Do they have lights? I don't even know if they have lights, to be honest with you. I'm being serious. And yet they're in a super regional. So congrats to them. Uh, eighth overall seed ECU will take on ninth overall seed Texas. Tenth overall seed UNC will face Arkansas. How about the seasons, uh, or the, the academic or the athletic calendar year for Arkansas this year? Basketball, baseball, football. They've, um, they've had one heck of a, Athletic season for sure. Number five, Texas A&M versus the 12th overall seed. Louisville, Southern Miss is the 11th overall seed. Out of those 16 national seeds, they will take on Ole Miss. Ole Miss comes out of the Coral Gables uh, regional as they defeat Arizona yesterday. So you had a chance to have Jay Johnson and his LSU Tigers taking on his former team, but neither could get that final win. Virginia Tech, the four overall, will take on Oklahoma. Third seed overall, Oregon State will face number 14, Auburn. Going into the games yesterday, it was interesting. I saw on Kendall Rogers' Twitter uh, feed from D1 Baseball, he had said that there was an opportunity. You would have had history, eight teams out of the SEC making the Super Regional. The way it broke down, though, was only five made it. Four ACC, two Pac-12, two Big 12, one from the American Conference, one Conference USA, and one out of the Big East. Last year, if you want to go by comparison, there were six SEC schools, three ACC. So one less SEC this year, one more ACC. Just like last year, two Pac-12, two Big 12. There were two American Conference teams, though, last year. This year, only one. And it was one Missouri Valley Conference team last year. This year, a Conference USA in the Big East. So that is your super regional action. We'll talk with Glenn Gilbo, who was there, about that atmosphere. And you heard it in the backdrop. Look, again, it was it was an interesting night. It was, it was a fantastic sleep on the couch. I mean, that's how it works. You know, I mean, uh, I yell, we did it, and... Wife comes out of the kitchen and goes, oh, LSU won. I'm like, no, dear, I went to Southern Miss. And uh, so <laughs> it was an interesting night. <laughs> Dad went to LSU. I mean, it was, a, look, again, I'm all for the state schools. But my diploma, which I'm staring at right now in my room, says the University of Southern Mississippi. So they will host their first Super Regional. They've been to Super Regional before. They went to Omaha uh, when that took place. So, um Exciting from my standpoint, and I still think when you look at LSU's season this year, and you will hear from Jay Johnson here in a quick sec, it was what we thought going into the region, at least what, what I said, that was whether an issue or how I broke down LSU baseball. They have a Major League Baseball hitting team. I, I don't know how else to really put it. I mean, it, it really is insane. It, like, and, and, Seeing that going into a regional where a school that I'm rooting for is going up against them stinks because, you know, and as I said last week going into the regional, I was like, that team is always going to be in it. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, normally coming up next to four, five, six hole or the seven, eight, nine or eight, nine and lead off it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They all can swing the bat. And most all of them can absolutely hit missiles out of the ballpark. And you saw it in the regional. And when you think about the amount of runs they put up against Kennesaw State and then came back twice and did what they did, I could see how some people on social media saw it as a disappointment that LSU does not make it out of the regional. Look, Matt... Several other people tweeting throughout the game things that plagued them throughout the season. 
such as defensive miscues, whether it's, you know, again, the perceived, hey, you could have hustled up some plays in left field and not let the ball drop. Um, pass balls. How many times did literally the catcher miss the ball and it resulted in an LSU run? Those things are hard to overcome at this time of the year because as I've said before, and maybe now everyone's starting to see, everyone at this time of the season for the most part can play. Of the four teams in all these regionals. I ran through the Supers and I gave you a lot of national seeds. They actually made it. They had to play though the final game. And there were a lot of those that couldn't make out of it. So there's a lot of good baseball out there. And when you look at that, the hitting can overcome a lot. Obviously, Saints football kind of comes to mind when I think of this LSU football team. I mean, baseball team. An offense that can score. Remember the 5,000-yard seasons Drew Brees had. You also remember the bad defense they had, and that was part of the reason. When you think about what the LSU offense was able to do, they should be cakewalking games. But the ability to score like they do, they literally have trouble fielding the ball. A routine grounder too short, too third. A pitch can't be caught by the catcher. That all results. And then you add what Jay Johnson said yesterday. And that is a difference in pitching when it comes to other teams. One of the reasons that you saw throughout the season, it's a reason why we had Matt Reiser, we had Coach Silva from Nichols and you know, we talked to Blake Dean. I love talking to coaches throughout the season to kind of get a taste of what this college baseball season is going to be like with Corey and Chris from Tulane and LSU, just to kind of see as the season goes on how many teams are going to be good and all of that. Jay Walker with the Cajuns. We always try to, to do that. It's my goal because if you did and you paid attention or didn't turn away from those segments, you saw how good some of the baseball was. So you shouldn't have been surprised that four teams from Louisiana made it to regional play. And you also saw, as I told you, and I would celebrate for like a minute or two, and Southern Miss made it to number four in the country. And part of it was their pitching, period, end of story. The one the one lone appearance to Omaha, their Friday-Saturday guy, was incredible. They have three really good starters. So they have an opportunity to hear LSU's head coach Jay Johnson yesterday say that Southern Miss's pitching was better and superior. That's kind of a topic of discussion as you move on. Not that Southern Miss can get it or not, but should LSU be able to get that or not? And also, as we talked about with Corey, who stopped by yesterday over at Francesca, when the NCAA allows here in the future 35 scholarships in baseball, but it's going to be up to the university to do it, I, I, I was texting a couple of buddies that are LSU fans yesterday, and they were all, you know, I'm like, dude, stop. It's like Southern Miss better enjoy it right now. Because you're going to get 8, 10, 12 SEC teams. Because the schools that have the athletic budget and money, they're, you're ha- they're having 35 at, you know, scholarship players. I, I don't see how they don't. I don't see how they don't. They, I, I've said this before. You, you go to SEC campuses every two, three years. If you're a Tiger fan and you like going to maybe one road game a year and it, you know, you haven't been in two, three seasons and you go to some of these schools, they're, they're literally finding ways to spend money. On SEC campuses, literally, because of the TV deal and the revenue that they pull in. So 
They're absolutely, now that baseball is a money-making sport, and again, they were looking to put eight SCC teams into the Super Regionals yesterday. So, um, yeah, I absolutely think, I, I was like, don't worry, L- LSU, Bama, all of these schools will find ways to uh, best utilize those 35 scholarships that eventually could be coming here. So, um, it's just something to think about. So we can talk about the regional, your thoughts on there, and my overall thoughts on the LSU team based on this. I love, I like Jay Johnson. I, I thought when you see the season that they had this year and you speak to the people that follow this team closely and throughout, um, he has, he's, he's a baseball guy, has that natural sense and feel. And then at the end of the day, though, again, guys got to throw strikes, guys got to field and guys got to hit. That's baseball, right? Um, but you will hear next segment his thoughts on that here as well as we get into it. Coming up at 105, Mr. Mike Triplett will join us as Mike will go over the fact that the Saints start week three OTAs. Just ran to the store about 45 minutes ago. Down airline, came right back, snapped two photos, sent it to Jordan. I said, so the pick six or a touchdown. You can see the quarterbacks throwing the football there in their red jerseys. Anyway, uh, so they're outside getting uh, ready to wrap up. Probably wraps up around 12, I think 15 is um, normally when they wrap up. So they should be wrapping up uh, OTA today, OTA tomorrow, media availability Thursday, and then next Tuesday, Wednesday. So a week from today is mandatory minicamp. Tuesday, Wednesday will be where fans will be out there. Next Thursday, they won't be. Also, we're going to talk about what Dan Orlovsky had to say about the Saints. You'll hear that at 1245. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All you guys thought I was crazy. You've heard me the last several weeks and months. I had to talk down Scott Prather. I had to talk down uh, Sean Fox, Ralph Marlboro, all the guys that join us on Thursday from Lafayette, North Louisiana, and even Houston where Ralph is at. All these people I had to talk down. Like I'm telling you, I'm just looking at it. Even, even Roy, Roy's trying to be a hater here. I, I'm just looking at roster, past potential, and upcoming potential, and I don't see how the Saints aren't an NFC contender. I told you I think they win the division. I don't see how they're not an NFC contender overall. Main reason is if you win the division, you probably would have won 10, 11 games. And if that's the case, with that schedule they have and the teams they'll be playing, they're a pretty good football team. But they got the tools and the things that they need to win those games against those teams. They're going to have a good defense. I I don't expect a drastic drop-off from the defense from last year. They might have added even more depth and probably talent to it. And you got nothing for Peyton Turner because he was injured. So if he's healthy, you got another first-round draft pick as a defensive end and a rusher there. And you might have missed six games. Right? Again, I can go on and on. You never know. Maybe be able to sign a Dominican Sue for all I know. The offense been revamped. Again, I can, you've heard all of this before. But it's interesting. Peter King had him at 11 in his power rankings. And in the last two, three weeks, you're starting to see more and more and more national people going, you know, the more I'm looking at it, and I think it's partly because they are seeing Jameis Winston at OTAs. They are seeing all of this. And I'm just saying, um, it's interesting where he has them when it comes to skill set, uh, the skill position group. So that's receivers and running backs and tight ends. Where does he have the Saints in the NFC? He had to do a top five. So there's a hint. I wouldn't be talking about this if he didn't have him in there. So we'll get into all of that and more. Plus, oh my goodness gracious, yes, sir. Graf, you can make fun of me all you want.
<laughs> I love seeing some lab work. I love seeing photos. I love seeing videos. I love seeing whether it's the Saints or the Pelicans players getting that work in. Both teams had some players getting that work in via social media. We'll touch on that, but why specifically one player that dribbles the basketball and is now an analyst on ESPN really is reminding me of Drew Brees. I'll do that next when we come back on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Since 1948, that's 74 years, Valerio Brothers has been in the commercial shrimping and fishing supply business. They carry a large selection of stainless steel shafts up to two and a half inches, but they can also order larger if you like. They also stock two, three, and four blade propellers up to 40 inches, a large selection of shaft coupling, single V struts, and stainless steel rudders. Now listen to this, Solario Brothers is now stocking rudder blades and rudder shafts so you can make your own rudder. Now carrying stainless steel plate pieces so you can make your own V-strut. A huge selection of stainless steel stern tubes, rudder and shaft shoes, fiberglass tubes, rudder ports, packing boxes, and dripless shaft seals. Stocking tiller arms and rubber cutlass bearings along with a big line of motor mounts. Visit Solario Brothers before the season. That's Solario Brothers, 894 Avenue A, West Wego. Visit their website at AlarioBros.com. Boats is a coming, their sails are inside. Shrimp boats is a coming, there's dancing tonight. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily. Plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope. Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road Homa. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. And this is how the Allens do it with the help of their John Deere compact tractor. We grow tulips, peonies, and 7,000 dahlias. Over nine acres. They're a labor of love. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. How will you make the most of yours? Nothing runs like a deer. Run with us. Visit Homa Tractor today next to the tunnel. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, 800-998-1003. Glenn Gilbo will join us at the bottom of the hour. Give his thoughts on LSU's baseball season coming to a close. As Jay Johnson from the Tigers saying um, it was tough. Obviously, the team's going to be parting ways and things of that nature. Uh, so we'll hear from that here coming up in a quick sec, including right now. Um, yeah, it's tough. Um, I'd prefer it had not answered or asked me that question. Um, they'll, they'll know how I feel about them, um, clearly. Um, you know, I mean, I hit the ground running when this thing happened, and the first pieces were Gavin, you know, Devin, McHale. And I, I just I shudder to think where this team would have ended up without – those guys and um, very honored to have gotten to coach them 
um, you know, we'll see what happens with, with Gavin, but I'd love to have him back on our team next year. And, um, you know, they mean a lot to me. Like, I, this is, when I said painful, this is this is deep pain, as bad as it is for me. And I, I know it means you're living a pretty good life if losing a baseball game hurts that bad, but it, it really does. And a lot of it is because of um, these guys. I mean, I my feet hit the ground every single day with excitement, you know, to get to coach this team and you know I, I we're going to talk with to them when we get back to the hotel i mean honestly um I, I i was not prepared to lose the game like i had full belief that we were going to win today so i need to formulate my thoughts so i you know honor the the way that they competed today with those thoughts and i just wasn't ready to do that 30 seconds after that game because till the last strike i believed we were going to win and i knew how hellacious of a accomplishment that would have been um you know, to come in here and, and do that. And um, I'm just I'm really proud of the way they competed today. Jay Johnson on his team's efforts to continue to overcome obstacles. Yeah, I mean, that's all we did in this tournament is show fight. Um, so um, I'm proud of our team for that. I, it's it's a simple game, honestly. Just They're infinitely better on the mound than we are. And you heard him um, saying right there briefly, and he spoke a little bit more about it as the presser went on about specifically that, the pitching. And he touched on that, is that they have to get better. And he said that over and over and over uh, repeatedly. So that's kind of what he had to say moving forward. And finally, his overall thoughts. Yeah, um, great college baseball game. Congratulations to Coach Barry and their program, um, elite elite pitching staff, and we just we couldn't hang with them in that regard. Um, very painful right now, so don't have a lot to say. And that was following the game eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three. If you'd like to give us your thoughts on there as well, it's one of our questions of the day. Your thoughts on LSU's baseball season again? I. I look at that team and I look at really the way that staff works and coaches. I, it's one of the reasons he got hired and you saw what he did at Arizona about the hitting and you saw the potential and, and the ability to hit that this team had here as well. So if you're a Tigers fan, I think the future is bright, especially, um, moving forward. Now, the reason as I tease going into the break that I'm excited about seeing live photos or videos is well, because most of the time, they'll have people complaining, right? That, uh, how, how do we know the player's working, getting anything working, and things of that nature? Let, let's go back, if you remember. Zion, it was, it was May 1st, I think is what it was. And Zion was talking about being around the team this summer. Okay, so I want to go back to May 1st to make a point on June 7th. Here's Zion. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I spoke to coach, I spoke to coach right after the game and said, coach, what, uh, whatever you need from me, when it comes to setting up team, the events, just getting the team together, just anything I can do. Like, I'm, I'm there, coach. And like I said, we got a special group. Uh, guys are already excited about, uh, coming together this, uh, Alright, so getting together and getting, um, excited about that bite cut off there, but it, it continues with, um, getting work in and things of that nature. So CJ McCollum, as we talked about last week, 
was announced that starting with the NBA Finals, which was on Thursday, I think they announced it on Tuesday or Monday, and that Thursday he was going to make his debut and be on different shows and such, is an NBA analyst. Yesterday he was on First Take. This morning he was on Get Up with J.J. Reddick. They've paired them together. Makes sense, you know. Um, probably know each other, things of that nature. And JJ's really gotten good, especially from the get-go. Listening and watching CJ yesterday, little, little soft-spoken today, took some of those notes. You saw a lot of, uh, people with blue check marks or former team, uh, former players going back and forth with him. Even Larry Johnson Jr. kind of saying, man, I got, I have to hear you all the time now. I got to watch you, uh, during the finals. And, you know, he LOL'd and it was funny. And CJ's like, well, you're going to see me in Vegas in two weeks. And I, I saw that. I'm like, that's awesome. It's awesome because we all know what happens in Summer League. And obviously, that is the team working together and getting uh, everybody together after the draft and everything. But what I think is interesting is you see that and there's already plans to get together with the team. So that's one thing that stood out to me in just that exchange from a teammate, Larry Johnson Jr., saying, man, now I got to, you know, see you all the time. And CJ said, I'll see you soon. Well, Arkansas guard J.D. Note was at the Pels facility. I know this because he posted on Instagram a short video, and it's kind of like one of those sneaky videos, but he was showing it. And on the opposite court, I guess he's, you know, a, a draft prospect getting worked out. And as he's there, he's watching a trio of Pels players get that work in. And it's Herb Jones going around some cones and doing some floater work and laying things up over on the left block. Over on the right side, Trey Murphy is doing what looks like SEALs training with something on his back. And just to the right of him is Zion. Yeah, so he's there. He's out there getting that work in with those players. Again, saw him at Duke. See him now here at the Pels facility with those guys. I love it. It's June 7th. They're here. They're together. They're doing things. And don't tell me it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. I love it. A, you get to see a lot of different things from that aspect of them wanting to, you know, put in that work and understand that. And and, and at Zion, again, May 1st, saying I'm excited. We already have plans. It's June 7th. I'm just, I'm just pointing out to you, Pels fans. It, it it's, it's happening. So what they said they were doing, it's happening. It's been a month. Month and six days. Well, and then what happened is on the air. Good old Max Kellerman. Good old East Coast Max Kellerman. Right? They're talking about Zion, how he is, the relationship, all of that. CJ's trying to answer. Listen. Well, first and foremost, the most successful teams have a relationship off the court. So I thought that was very important. I've always hung out with my teammates off the floor. don't like to compare things, but previous teams, Dave and I had a really good relationship, kicked it, vacations, things of that nature. So I want to kind of set the precedent on how we're going to move going forward and what it's going to take for us to be successful. Second part is I like to work out with my teammates. That allows us to get better individually. That allows us to kind of figure out weaknesses and strengths and how we can kind of apply that to our new team, new situation. It's going to be very important for us to be on the same page. It's going to be very important for us to have that trust. And Zion, put down the Big Mac. Stop it. Stop it. Don't do that. What? Stop it. Don't do that. It's going to be important. kale and, you know, sweet potatoes or whatever it is. We're going to have some good meals. But I think the, the moral of the story is we have to work together off the court in order to really forge that bond on the court. And it starts with the summer. Did you hear that? 
Um, again, maybe a little behind the scenes, maybe a little peek, maybe a little pulling back of the curtain. Who you think starting this? Who you think made made that that speech? That chat? Maybe uh, said before the season ended, the day after, perhaps at final team meeting. This this is what we're doing. You know, was first what one of the questions that was asked to CJ yesterday, and again he was on first take and screaming a brought up the fact that he'd like to see Donovan Mitchell leave the Jazz and all this stuff, and he says, and then he's like, so what do you guys think? And then CJ's the president of the Player Association, so he's like, he essentially said, I I don't want to even go there or touch that. I I want what's what's best for Donovan, what's best for Rudy, and everybody is happy to hope it all works out, and it hope it works out for the Jazz there as well. Which is the right answer. Didn't scream and he came out and said, look, you know, he's the player association pres and all this other stuff. Which again, this is just great if you're a Pels fan. To have a guy that is clearly, and I'm saying it, breeze-like. National TV, out there speaking about your guy, speaking about your team, but more importantly, he's already, he, he set the tone. Again, I'm not overreacting. I'm not even going to break down what I saw on the, 15, 30 second Instagram video. But you ain't going to sit here and tell me that it ain't good to see some of those young guys already hanging out all the time at the practice facility, getting that work in. Zion's doing lateral movement with, with a band and just, you know, getting in shape, which is what we want. It's what we've been saying. Get healthy, get in shape and do well. And then CJ, as I just played right there, you heard him say, that off the field, that on the court, it starts off the court, and it starts now. It starts this summer. He's bringing them all together, making sure that that happens. I think Jordan, we're going to hear from him at 1245. He told me you could see some other Instagram videos. Jackson Hayes is hanging out with a bunch of other guys working out, stuff like that. And here's one more final bite. Oh, it's funny. There's this misconception of what he's like as a human being. He's nice. He's fun-loving. He's from the South. He loves his Southern cuisine, obviously. But I think the cool part is that his teammates like him, right? You, you see the media, you see how he's treated. He doesn't really speak very often. There's a lot of people that kind of speak for him behind the scenes. But one of the things he's going to do going forward is be present, not just with the team, but with the media. So you can kind of see exactly how he is as a person. But all in all, I've enjoyed my experiences with him. He works extremely hard. The rehab process is brutal, not only mentally, but physically. You know, you're away from the team. You feel removed. You're getting up early. You're working out by, by yourself. And essentially, you feel like you're, you're lost. And I think... With us going in, going into the playoffs last year, winning those playing games, I think it kind of painted the picture of this work is is not is not going to be lost. I'm going to be able to contribute, play well with this team. I'm going to be able to really show the world what I have to offer, not just in the regular season, but also in the postseason. At 52 second bite is gold. As we go to break, it is absolute gold. Not only got says I got his back, but that he did point out what a lot of us have said or insinuated, and eventually all reported. That he's being spoken for off the courts by other people. And did you hear what CJ said? Moving forward, he will be stepping in the front, not only to his teammates, but to the media as well. So expect to hear more of him. I mean, right there, that 10 seconds. But you have to have a guy that has that cachet, that, that has that power to be able to say that. And move them forward. I, we're going to look back at that C.J. McCollum trade, I think, as probably one of the biggest things this franchise has ever done in its history. Seriously. If it all works out. 
but I'm starting to think it may. When we come back, Glenn Gilbo will join us. We'll talk a little LSU baseball. The season came to an end yesterday. Uh, why did he think they, they struggled so much still on the field pitching? Can they get better pitching? And should it be the case where an SEC school doesn't have better pitching than a Conference USA school? Not, not throwing shade to Southern Miss. That's what they've been doing. But some LSU fans want to know. So let's talk about that next on ESPN New Orleans. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. He's back. He's like this thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Pitch to the plate. High in the air to left field. Reese Ewing going back. Bye-bye baseball. Kane Doty. Round the bags. Make it 4-1 LSU's Kate Jody. That is Chris Blair, LSU Sports Radio Network. We bring in Mr. Glenn Gilbo, who was there and caught the action as the Tigers went back and forth in the battle against Southern Miss before losing 8-7 to in the uh, final game of the regional in Hattiesburg. At LSU Beach, tweets the way to follow Mr. Glenn Gilbo now over at Outkick.com, SEC and Saints columnist. Sir, how are you this afternoon? Good afternoon, guys. How's your summer going, buddy? It's going well, man. Can't can't complain. Good. And it's a good busy, though, right? It's a good busy. Always like this time of the year. Baseball's going on. Still got some news to talk about when it comes to basketball, OTAs, all of that stuff, man. But when it comes to LSU baseball yesterday, dude, it, it, when you look at the season and then how it ended, it really sort of was a snapshot, wasn't it? Uh, offense, can hit the ball out the park. Did you get enough pitching and those miscues on the field just prove costly? Did, did I kind of summarize essentially their year this year? Yeah, and, you know, but still, uh, seven runs in the last game of a regional against a pitching staff that was getting depleted too. Mm-hmm. You know, they they needed to score more runs to, to win. I mean, if you just said you're going to score seven going into the game, I would have said they probably weren't going to win. 
But yeah, the bullpen was was awful. You know, the first five relievers did not get the first guy out that they faced. They, they there were two walks. There was a hit batsman. You know, on the first batter they faced, and and then two RBI uh, singles. Uh, the last reliever was the only one who who got a guy out at first. Then he gave up two singles to uh, to start the ninth. I really think, and I said this at the time, I, I think he made a mistake taking Hilliard out uh, at the time uh, because I, 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 he was no worse than any of the relievers, as it turned out, and I thought he was doing okay, which the best you can hope for is okay right. in a last game of a regional. When you take a look at, I guess, the game before that on Sunday to get it to that Monday game, what stood out to you in that one? Well, you know, they they, they kind of weren't in that game at, at the end. Um, they they kind of just got beat uh, in that game. You know, they, whereas yesterday they had a they had a chance to win uh, and really should have won. They had a lead early and and the bullpen couldn't hold it. But um, you know, I, I thought Southern Miss just just kind of beat them in that uh, in the in the game on Sunday. When you listen to Jay Johnson after the game, he brought up pitching. He said that Southern Miss was better, and that was something that they needed to improve on as they moved forward. And obviously, you look at message boards or, or social media, and LSU fans are wondering how does a school like LSU not have better pitching and things of that nature? Why is it so difficult to find pitching, or is it something that you think will be a problem moving forward? Well, actually, um, you know, I think pitching was kind of down throughout the league uh, this year. I, I think uh, some guys are going into pro ball right. earlier than maybe they did in the past, but Jay Johnson's just been here. He hasn't even been here a year yet. So give him a chance to, to get some pitching. But, yeah, that, um, you know, that was – it's been hard to watch LSU's bullpen throughout the season. You, you don't walk somebody when you first come in to the game. You know, and, 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 you, and you knew you didn't have a good bullpen. So that's why they should have stuck with Hilliard mm-hmm. longer, I, I felt. But, uh, you know, they had they got some great offensive players. I mean, he inherited some great players from, from Paul Maneri, like Dylan Cruz. Um, and he, he's back next year. So he, he's just got to find some pitching and, uh, and, and a little more uh, offense because he's going to lose some players. And, and uh, he should be right there. I mean, they, they got pretty close. I mean, the, the worst thing is, if they can pull out that game, and by the way, they went three up, three down in the ninth inning. Uh, if they can pull out that game, they got a great chance of going to Omaha because they would have been hosting Ole Miss in the Super Regional. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is you take a look, and obviously as you're an SEC columnist, and you look at uh, going into yesterday, they were trying to put eight teams into oh. Super Regional play, and you know, Glenn, with the advent that's coming here where you're going to be able to have no limit any longer – on scholarships when it comes to baseball, I, I, I think that's going to be almost impossible to keep, uh, uh, you know, half of the field being SEC teams because they got the money, Glenn. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think if I, what Corey was saying yesterday, voice of the green wave, when he was on the show with us, it's going to be up to the school to decide how many scholarships they want to get, but there won't be a rule preventing you. And if that's the case, that there, there's another arms race right there. Well, I mean, you can give walk-ons NIL deals, but I, from what I understand, the scholarship limit is still going to be 11.7. What, what, what are you talking about? 
Well, he said that that rule is going to be um, taken off off the books in the near future. Oh, okay. Well, not now. And no, not no, correct. Happen. Yeah, now, right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Next year, yeah, well, yeah, that's going to come believe. off the books, and it'll be up to the schools to uh, determine how many scholarships they want to give away. Yeah, well, uh, you know, that, that's just more chaos. You know, <laughs> another ridiculous rule like the NIL and the transfer portal. You know, they they had a good thing, and they're trying to ruin it. Um, I mean, you know, college baseball has thrived with the 11.7 scholarships. I mean, I think it's unfair, too. It, it really ought to be about 14, but, uh, you know, it's, it's still a, a great sport. And uh, I think you're going to see Jay Johnson bring in some pitchers this coming season. And, and uh, I mean, I, I would I would be surprised if they're not in Omaha next year. Auburn, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Tennessee still alive in the SEC in the Super Regional play. How many of those do you think make it to Omaha? Well, if, if all five make it, that that would be the SEC record that they've had. Uh, they've had four in Omaha before '97 and one other year. But uh, yeah, it's amazing because Vanderbilt almost got in, Florida almost got in, LSU almost got in. Uh, but that is really impressive to put five in there. And, and how about Ole Miss? I mean, here's a team finished 14 and 16 in the yeah. SEC. They were they were the uh, eighth seed in the SEC tournament. They went one and out. They weren't really considered to be an NCAA tournament team. They were kind of a, a bubble team. A lot of listings didn't have them in. You know, there's been talk that Mike Bianco is going to get fired if he doesn't get to a super. Wow. Now he's at a super, and they're saying he's got to get to Omaha. So they they, <laughs> they keep moving. I'm sure if he gets to Omaha, they're going to say, "Well, you got to win too." But um, did he pull uh, himself I mean, out of the running last year for L- the LSU job? No, he did not pull okay. himself out of the running. No, he 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 wanted that job, and it, it's understandable. And all right. these people need to understand that he wanted to look into that job. It wasn't like he was just looking at any job. I mean, that's where he went to school. His wife went to school. He played there. He coached there, you know. Um, And he he would have been a great hire. Um, But um, I think, um, you know, he's going to have a great chance of of winning just the second Super Regional and getting to Omaha uh, at at Southern Mississippi. I'm going to actually cover that one, too. That's going to be a wild weekend in Hattiesburg. Yeah, no doubt it should be fun to kind of look at from that perspective here as well. So when you look overall, you know, it's it's crazy as long as you've covered college baseball as well, Glenn. You know, Stanford needs three runs in the bottom of the ninth. And I, I see a lot of national seeds did eventually make it, but they needed to play that final game as well. It You know, when you look at the Super Regionals overall, you saw upsets and you saw teams that were favored, you know, have to really – you know, claw. I think we we could be in store for a, a pretty interesting Omaha two weeks. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, it, you know, Tony Vitello, the Tennessee coach, said it said it was like March Madness. I mean, it doesn't quite have the viewers. But as far as the you know not being able to predict, I mean, Miami's a number one seed hosting in Coral Gables, and uh, Ole Miss knocked them off, and the two seed Arizona. You know, I mean, that that's just amazing, and it, it just shows you how equal college baseball is because mm-hmm. you know a, a team can can kind of turn it on late when they get over some injuries or, or pitchers grow up or, or what have you and and you know mike bianco just did a did a great job i mean vanderbilt looked dead in uh in hoover and you know one of their writers wrote them off you know so that they had a personality complex i mean 
they, they almost made uh, the, the Super Regional, too. You know, it, it's really once, – once the SEC teams get out of the SEC, yeah. they're dangerous. I mean, that's what happened to Ole Miss. They finally were able to free themselves of the SEC, and they made it to the Super Regional. It's incredible the expectation levels too in the SEC when you're writing off Vandy with what they've been doing. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's, what, what have you done for me lately? As in this weekend? Forget last year. <laughs> well, they looked horrible in the SEC tournament. Yeah. And 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 uh, their coach even even said it after the game. He said, "We just need to get out of the SEC." <laughs> you mean well, you mean go to another conference? He's yeah. like, "Well, no, no. We just need to quit playing these teams right now." Yeah. And that that's that's what happened. Unbelievable. Glenn, as always, appreciate the time, sir. Before you know it, we'll be talking football here as well. Uh, he's counting tomorrow, eight Wednesdays, eight Wednesdays until the first training camp practice for your New Orleans Saints. I don't know if you knew that, but wow. now you do. Eight Wednesdays Thank counting you. tomorrow. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, buddy. Take care. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Gus. Have a good one. Glenn Gilbo, Outkick.com, SEC, and Saints columnist at LSU Beat Tweets. The way to follow over on Twitter. Quick break. We'll check in with Jordan, the graduate, see how he is doing. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Always on the run and short on cash? With a State Bank and Trust Company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any State Bank and Trust location for all the details. State Bank and Trust Company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too, through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wuss. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Back 800-998-1003 if you'd like to chime into the conversation. As always, appreciate when you say hello to us. And say hello to Jordan the Graduate. Jordan, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing well. What about you, Gus? I'm doing fantastic. You know why I'm doing fantastic? Is it because of <laughs> Sean McVay's wedding cake? <laughs> no. 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 Not. Okay. What? 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 What about his cake? What? What? Well, it, it's it's you know they have like, um, like, is it a thing or is it like fake? Well, with like a cake, it's literally on. Twitter saying mm-hmm. Sean McVay's wedding cake, Lombardi or cake, and it shows the he, Vince he, Lombardi. He, he had his groom's cake. Yes, and he took Lombardi. a bite out of the Vince Lombardi nice. shaped cake. Fantastic, fantastic. Also, another news that I'm sure that you will really enjoy yeah. over in Champa Bay. Champa Bay, Tom Brady, yes. Tom Brady has arrived at practice. Oh, he well, has. It's late. But he was there today with the Bucks quarterbacks. <laughs> they really picked, or, or I guess they really saw if he was late or not. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a few minutes late, but he was there. Just a little late, huh? Yeah, he's Just doing really good with these top stories right now. Like I have zero. I mean, I guess we have to. That's part of our job, you know. To Talk about him and think, you know what? Like, like, as far as McVeigh go, I mean, you kind of heard it in my tone, huh? Did you hear it in my tone? Yeah, I mean, I guess you're kind of annoyed. I can't stand that guy. I just, I just honestly, I don't know if it's like the fan in me or what. I just, uh, is it just me? Is it just me? Is is it the commercials, you know, green drink and the juice and the pretty hair and all? I just, I just honestly, he's one of the most annoying coaches for me. <laughs> it's just, it's just, well, I mean, if it you're not, honestly if you wanna, is. I don't know. I don't if, like. I don't know the guy personally. I've never said a word to him. I don't even know if I should feel this way. I don't get it. I just, I just legitimately think the guy's annoying. He's just everything's about. He's so great. He's all this and that. Let me tell you why your team's so great. Because they literally trade every pick that they got and go try to get every other first round pick from another team. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, when you when you can you do that, it. you know, I, I, I don't know. Touch the nerve. No, I just you know may, maybe um. <laughs> Am I the only one I know? Who would you, who would you say is, uh, it's like, I don't know, for just no reason whatsoever or a reason would be an annoying coach to you. An annoying coach? Yeah, that's like actually, in the NFL, like who, who's just, I, I you know, when you I see think, Diana well, Rossini or Oflosky or he's on TV or the Fox, you know, pregame show or on CBS, you're just like, man, I just, there's just something to, I, you just, I don't know, rubs your wrong way. Oh wait, what's his name? Uh, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan? <laughs> when he used to coach. <laughs> Rex Ryan. Mr. Foot Fetish himself, huh? Uh, I made that one of the questions of the day, and it could be from any is sports it? Okay. league. I, yeah. I put who is the most annoying coach? I'm at, at ESPN Radio Nola over on Twitter. Oh, I got one for college. baseball. Really? Yeah, Grass Dodgers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think any don't cardinal really manager. I, you know, how about NBA? Is there an NBA coach that just man? Is there one? Is there one? Um, I'm sure if LeBron ever becomes a head coach, oh, LeBron—he's not even the coach. You already, you already made him. You already made him somebody that aggravates you. I didn't do anything just yet. You didn't do anything just. Uh, yet. you know what? I will say. I guess. Stan Van Gundy. Stan Van Gundy. 
about any Van Gundy. I'm just about, yeah, any of the Van Gundy. Uh, I'm just trying to think, like you know, like, he's always complaining or just I don't know. I think you could say Sean Payton if you you know if you weren't a Saints fan during the Sean. I think Payton you could era. say I, Sean Payton if you were a Saints fan. He can be he can be annoying sometimes. He can yeah, absolutely be. I, look, yeah. I, as I said, and this isn't just I'm, I'm now speaking in retrospectively or whatever, but you know I'm just being honest. I mean, he's a guy that um, you know, because of his emotion, it got the best of him sometimes. You know, I mean, it just honestly did, and. It was good and it was bad. Sometimes I think he got emotional. I think sometimes he uh, stuck to things that he probably didn't have to. I mean, he goes after reporters and we just bring up, you know, something normal like, I don't know, how, how did that Brandon Browner game go against Washington? <laughs> you know, who was it? It was the Channel 4 reporter. I can't think of his name. My goodness gracious. I mean, he went after him just because he brought up the fact that he had a terrible game in that uh, game against Washington on the road. And uh soon after he was gone off the team. Imagine that. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just it's just I I think what it is, it may not even be him. Actually it is part of it, but it's just the way everybody just oh did, did you see how Sean McVay talked there? I mean I, the energy in this press conference Oh, it's just his offense is so good. I mean tell you why it's good. Like, look at the players on him. And anyway, I'm just anyway. I just I can't stand the Rams. I really don't like the Rams. Maybe that's I don't like the Rams. I don't like the coach. I don't. I don't. I don't well, like them not, all. the whole like lot of them. Rucini the said. whole lot of them. What? What did Diana Rossini say? Go what, look in the Dropbox real quick. What is this? This is one of those contracts when you see the news break. Just as a for, for, take off the reporter hats, the the host hats here, where you're just sight. I'm glad he's yeah. playing. I love watching Aaron Donald play. And uh-huh. look, this makes the Rams. To me, I had them winning the NFC anyway. Just this ram makes it. that to me that puts them over the edge. Just they're going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> I'm excited he's playing. I might have been excited if he played if he literally made any play against the 49ers last year in the regular season finale. Like one play, not 15 plays, not several plays, one play. One single, solidary, I'm here and breathing, I'm going to make a play. Could he have made one play, one, last season? No. No. Just one. Unblockable in the Super Bowl. Just ridiculous in the postseason. Right? He just hounded Champa Bay's Tom Brady. Well, was in the I huddle mean, with the Bengals. But against Jimmy to, G and the Niners I mean, just took the night off. Took the night off. What? Dan Orlovsky, you sent me this earlier today. The top five skill groups of the NFC. Are we doing the Rams this now? being at number one. We're doing this now. All right, let's do this now. Let's see. Let's uh, let's skip. Let's skip to the. Let's get. He's got the 49ers at five. He's got the Eagles at four. If Jalen Rager comes on and just gets a little bit more touches, that's a big deal. The New Orleans Saints in one offseason went from bad to really good. Michael Thomas comes back. He's one of the best receivers in football when he's healthy. Alvin Kamara, the switch, Swiss Army knife, the switchblade, whatever you want him to do is going to be a big piece. The addition of Jarvis Landry, I love. Everybody knows my affinity for Chris Olave, their first-round pick, and his route-running extraordinary ability. 
Also, Taysom Hill is now going to be the guy that really he was invented to be, so to speak. He's just, let's get him eight touches a game in different ways. The Minnesota Vikings quietly have a dominant skill group. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is not one of the best, young best, but one of the best receivers in football. Adam Thielen, sure-handed as they come. Dalvin Cook as a tailback, not only in that stretch zone ski, but also as a patch-catching threat. I love K.J. Osborne, who came on as their number three wide receiver of last year. And then Herb Smith gets to be that fifth pass-catching option for them as an offensive unit. But still, the Los Angeles Rams. You could give me, I could give you six names for the Rams. Cooper Cup had one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wide receiver season in the history of the NFL. I do not see him slowing down at all. They added Allen Robinson, who everybody says, if you get him a quarterback, is going to be uh, one of the best receivers in football. Van Jefferson gets to be the speedster. Cam Akers is healthy coming off the Achilles. Tyler Higby. And they still could add OBJ to come back for December, January, and stay in L.A. The top five skill position groups in the NFC. I think it's a perfect list. 49ers 5, Eagles 4, Saints 3, Vikings 2, Rams 1. I would say the Vikings would surprise some people that would be on there. You? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny how they said quarterback not included, but if you put in quarterback, they're easy, the Saints are easily number two. Oh, easily. Oh, you're going Jameis over Kirk Cousins, huh? Yeah, 100%. Yes. All right. I, well, you say 100%. Do you remember the uh playoffs a couple seasons ago? That was a couple seasons ago, Gus. That was a couple of seasons ago. We're talking about this season. All right. This got, season. 2022. Well, it is interesting, though, right? Again, I'm not – look, you see? You see? Since you're on Zoom right now, you wouldn't I, – yes, I'm uh, not – I'm not – no. It's stopping short of the pat on the back. I just – because, I mean, it's got to get done on the field. I'm just saying, okay? Maybe this is part of your education process when you were an intern and out graduate that I said this months ago. Now now Peter King's got him at 11 in the power rankings. Orlovsky's like, they're number five. Oh, number three. The top five in the NFC skill position. I'm just saying. Without even half of those picks and everything, I said they were going to be. <laughs> oh, that was dumb luck. I didn't know they were getting a lave and all that other stuff. Anyway. So, there you go. There's Dan Arvlovsky. Is the Rams, are, are the Rams the favorite to win it all? I mean, I guess you could look I, at every, every single year you look at it and the Super Bowl winners, you know, up there in the top, you know, three to five teams that are going to be in the talks of winning the Super Bowl again. Happens every year, happen with the Saints. I mean, it, it just continues to happen unless something Horrible habit. So if you look at the, the, the Buccaneers, I know they didn't win it last year, but I mean, once they lost Tom Brady right. for 40, 40 of those days, uh, it looked like that it was completely over with guys were going away left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, no one was even talking about the Buccaneers anymore. So yeah. Hey, it, it all d- determines on, you know, how. That previous Super Bowl team. I guess team I just look at it as well with this. That team. I mean, I mean, the, you could argue the Bengals should have won that Super Bowl. I mean, the Bengals could have won it last year. Yeah, I mean the phantom, the phantom penalties at the uh, end. Well, not a penalty. No, not look, a penalty all game. <laughs> it's just, you know what? This this flag's been in here way too long. Let's, yeah. you know, and again, I could probably make the case too. I mean, I, I'm sure Aaron Donald, there's no hands to the face or nothing there. <laughs> nope. 
Oh, man, it just literally needed to give Joe Burrow a tenth of a second of a block, and he's hitting Jamar Chase for the game-winning touchdown. That's literally, that's all they needed to do. All right, Jordan, we'll check in with you again after we speak with Christian Clark, because I want your opinion on whether or not Christian did a good job in calming me down, because I'm going to be amped up. I love seeing the lab work. Give me ten seconds here. Are you excited to see Zion, Trey, Herb, and it's probably more in there getting their work in right now. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to see them, especially while the NBA finals are going. It's not even like, you know, the season right. is completely over with. No. So I'm exactly. happy to see it. All right. Sounds good. We'll talk again next hour. And that brings a close to our number one. Coming up next, Mike Triplett get his thoughts as to what he's looking at when OTA's number nine would be on Thursday for us to get a look. See, we'll talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans. I want to wake you from the dream. I want to know just who you're talking to when you're singing in your sleep. I want to find out what it means. Do you love me? Now we're fine. All right. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. At Boost Mobile, you get the power of the iPhone SE when you switch, which means the power to stream your favorite shows, download all the music, the power to FaceTime your ex. It's over. Stop calling me. On second thought, don't call your ex. Switch now and get an iPhone SE for $0, all on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Excluding tax. Additional restrictions apply. 5G not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com for details. And stop calling your ex. She doesn't want to hear from you anymore. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a scary movie victim. Oh no, a tree fell on my car. And there's only one thing to do. Trip over my own feet and pull myself across the lawn while yelling help at a barely audible volume. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but you filed a claim with Geico, so you've got a designated claims team to help you. This Geico sounds suspiciously reassuring. Are you sure I don't end up getting surprised with an unexpected twist? Just that your Geico team will always be there to keep you updated. No! What is it? Oh, nothing. I just didn't see that coming. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. Dominique Foxworth with us now in studio. What's wrong, man? Neek, you not used to this? No, I'm not. I'm not built like y'all. You guys love it. It's not about the money, Max. You must love this. No, no, it's about the money. Show me the money! I'm sure it helps, but y'all all got enough to not do this if you don't want to. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region.